you are out of your mind. You're out of your mind. That's what I told her. That's what I told her when she came running in the room and saying that Peter was outside knocking on the door. I said, you're out of your mind. There's no way that that could be Peter. Peter is in prison. He's in prison. James is in prison. Herod threw James and Peter in prison. And Herod killed James last night. And he's about ready to kill Peter. She has no idea what she's talking about. When you're in prison, when you're in Herod's prison, you're chained to two guards at the same time. You got the chain on one wrist and a chain on another wrist. You can't move. You can't do anything. And if you escape, those guards are killed. They're not going to let you walk out of that prison. She's crazy. This whole thing is crazy. I knew this thing was doomed from the start. Jesus is gone. Some, some people say Jesus is coming back. I doubt it. The wagon wheels are coming off. This thing is doomed. First they go after the leaders. They stone Stephen. Then they got James. They killed him. Now they got Peter. They're going to kill him. And then they're going to come after us. I'm so, I am so discouraged. We are so, so down. So discouraged. Our families think we're crazy. Rabbis think we're crazy. And Rome thinks we're crazy. This following is never going to amount to anything. But I tell you who's crazy is that girl, Rhoda. When she said, Peter's knocking at the door. <laughs> Did you hear that? Is that a knock? Hey, Blackhawk. How are you? Hey, some of you recognize that scene from Acts uh, chapter uh, 12, and some of you may not have recognized it and thought, well, Chris is actually crazy now, so he's, he's going nuts. So that's a scene from Acts chapter 12, and this is why I did that scene that way is because God's people regularly go through periods where they are like super discouraged. If you read the Bible, almost every other page, you can see God's people are discouraged about something, something that's going on. It's a war, a famine, a plague, some crazy ruler is like decimating the people over and over and over again. So you know what? I thought it would be good to kind of just take a pause in the psalm series. We'll come back to the psalm series next week. And to just do a talk and move right towards the discouragement that all of us are feeling right now. Because there's a principle in the Bible that goes with this discouragement. And I'll get to that principle in a few minutes. At first, let's talk about what a horrible year this is. I mean, this year is like, it's, it's very difficult to be the church. So let's talk about COVID for a minute. I'm gonna put it up a slide uh, that I look at uh, almost every night. So I know the, uh, the numbers are too small, I, I get that, but this is kind of a favorite website that I go to. It's Johns Hopkins uh, website, 
and uh, it updates the global cases all the time. So this is updated as of uh, last night. There were over 21 million global cases of uh, COVID, and you can see uh, this goes up like this. The reason I like this website at Johns Hopkins is because uh, you can kind of, with an iPad, you can expand it and hit each one of those dots, and it'll tell you exactly how many people in that city or state or that county and so we've seen these kind of things before. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Look at this, you guys. 768,000 deaths so far globally with COVID. Now let's look at our uh, community, Dane County. So this is the cumulative case count uh, by date, test result. And so you can see, obviously, it's uh, going up. See the confirmed cases, over 4,000 uh, total tests, 201,000. We're lucky that there's only 38 deaths uh, in our community, but this is what's going on in our uh, community. So uh, recently, the public schools uh, decided that they would not have any in-person uh, gatherings. So uh, we kind of followed suit here at Blackhawk, and so uh, we decided that we would not have any gatherings uh, this fall. And that is just super discouraging. I mean, everybody, we all remember what we were doing last March when we, you know, and we didn't even, we're just learning about COVID, and we're, we're not sure exactly how bad it's going to be. And then, then somebody came to me and said, hey, they're canceling March Madness. And I thought, no way, no way, no way they're going to cancel March Madness. And then, of course, that was canceled, Major League Baseball, and on and on and on. Through the summer, we thought, you know what, maybe it's going to go away. And we were hoping that schools would start reopen in the fall. But here in Dane County, not going to do that in terms of in-person student gathering. So on July the 31st, uh, we sent out uh, a video of me saying that uh, for this fall, we're not going to have any in-person gatherings for our worship services here at Blackhawk Church. And I'm telling you, you guys, uh, that was a very difficult decision, really hard. And uh, you know, this is my, this is my uh, last year being the senior pastor at Blackhawk Church, uh, I think my uh, counter says I have 319 days before July 1st, 2021. And that's when Matt is going to take over as a senior pastor. And I, I just want to make it perfectly clear. <laughs> this was not my plan to like end uh, my senior pastor here at Blackhawk Church. I want to meet. <laughs> I want us to gather. I want this room that uh, I'm in right now, I want this room to be full and I wanted to be full like several times. We have 14 different services at three different sites, you guys. And I love to hear everybody sing. I love to be in the atriums. I mean, I miss being with all of you guys. I just totally miss it. But we felt like the best thing to do was to um, kind of, the best thing for our community was probably to not gather. So let me go through a few reasons as to why uh, we made uh, that call. First, let me just say this. Um, it has nothing to do with anyone forcing us to not meet. There's no local government authority. Nobody's telling us we can't meet. Uh, we can meet. Our local government has protocol for social distancing and wearing of masks and things like that. So that's, that's all there. But nobody's saying we can't meet. We can meet. But by the time we practice all the protocol and everything uh, like that, it would be extremely difficult. I would imagine if we were a smaller church, it would be much easier. 
but we have about 7,000 people in Madison who call Blackhawk their church home in Madison. And we have 14 different services, three different sites, and it would be difficult for us to um, practice all of that protocol in all of our services. It'd be really hard. And I would imagine if uh, the virus that can kill people could be linked back to spreading from what happened here in one of our worship services, I'm not sure how we could convince our community that we are really trying to love them. So that's, the, that's a huge reason for us to cancel the services, you guys, because we are intentionally an outward-facing uh, organization. Uh, sometimes you've seen us uh, talk about uh, this phrase, good works produces goodwill, and that leads to good news. So as we do good works in our community, that produces goodwill in our community, and that allows us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So perhaps the best thing we can do in our community here in Dane County to produce goodwill is to actually not, is to actually not meet. Because our community would go, oh my gosh, they actually care about someone besides themselves. And that will allow us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Another reason we decided was because we looked at kind of, well, what, what is it that we actually do at Blackhawk Church? What do we actually do? And what we do is um, two things. And these are kind of the theological terms for them. Edification and evangelism. Edification is about building up believers, and evangelism is sharing the gospel with non-believers. Biblically speaking, those are the two things that we are supposed to be uh, doing. And uh, we put it, we have our own little phrase for it. What's our mission? Our mission is, the short version is, everybody say it, building a community to reach a community. The long uh, vision, uh, vision statement is this, building a loving community that follows Christ in order to reach a community that is lost without him. Can we do our mission, can we do our mission and not have in-person Sunday worship service gatherings? And the answer is absolutely, absolutely we can. We don't have to gather uh, in mass. We can gather in smaller groups in smaller different ways. And you guys, we're actually encouraging that. So all over the place, there are small groups uh, that are gathering in different kinds of situations, practicing uh, the protocol. So I think we have some uh, pictures of different gathering groups. People are gathering in backyards, as Pastor Matt in his uh, backyard. And we have different kinds of groups gathering in different ways. And we're encouraging you to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. You guys, actually, it's kind of more like the New Testament uh, church. When the New Testament church gathered, they were probably smaller groups. And they met in people's uh, homes. There was, n the church didn't, like, own a building until about 400 years uh, after uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So obviously, we don't have to have these large Sunday uh, gatherings. And can we do evangelism without, without gathering on Sunday mornings? Well, obviously, the answer is yes to that. You know, I sent out a note uh, from Chris not too long ago, and I got an email back from a woman, and I want to read uh, this email uh, to you. The email goes like this. Hi, Chris. 
I just wanted to let you know that you are right. There are people who've come to Christ and to Blackhawk Church just since all this pandemic craziness started, and I'm one of them. These extraordinary times have almost been more of a blessing than a burden. It really gave me the time and the space and the focus to complete a journey I'd already started, from curiosity and interest and study and prayer to salvation through Jesus Christ. I prayed for guidance and also did a lot of internet research uh, on local churches and kept finding myself drawn back to Blackhawk Church. So I felt this is where I was meant to be and started attending your services, which were already entirely online due to the pandemic situation when I started attending. You guys, praise God for this woman who has come to Christ. I've never met uh, this woman. She's never been to any of our buildings, you guys, and she has placed her faith in Christ. And we've had many people that have placed their faith in Christ since the pandemic began. So can we do evangelism? Obviously. And you guys, we can do edification and evangelism through things that are going on right now because the power of that lens right there, you guys, that lens, what's going on on the other side of that lens, you guys, is unbelievable. Our Blackhawk Chinese ministry pastor, Pastor Charles Wong, tells me that since the pandemic has begun, we have started life groups in mainland China, in mainland China, since the pandemic has begun. Almost every day, he is on a Zoom call with someone in Taiwan or mainland China praying with them. You guys, that's amazing. That's happening on the other side of this lens. We've always known that what happens on the other side of that lens is just like mind-boggling. One of our pastors did a wedding in Ohio not too long ago uh, for some friends, and he said there was a life group uh, in Ohio of six uh, different people. I did a wedding in Cambridge, England, not too long ago, and there was a life group at Cambridge University. Uh, there was a, it's a Blackhawk life group, and it was uh, there. Not too uh, many years ago, there was a life group with the troops in Afghanistan. There was a life group in Iraq. There's life groups that have been on uh, ships in the Mediterranean. You guys, the power of the internet is like unbelievable. So even though, even though these times are discouraging, and even though we really want to meet together, you guys, God can do amazing things, amazing things. And that gets me to this principle. Look at this principle. Here it is. When we are weak, God is strong. Man, I wish you were all with me right now because I'd make us all say that at the same time. Let's say it one more time. Put it back on the screen. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the principle. Say it with me. When we are weak, God is strong. One more time. When we are weak, God is strong. Let's go back to Acts chapter 12 and look at that passage uh, again. Acts chapter 12, starting at verse 5. Here we go. Grab your device. Long passage. Here we go. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and light shone in the cell. 
He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered. They were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance. And a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door, and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. Here's the principle, guys, again. Look at this principle. Here it is. When we are weak, God is strong. And you guys... This is all over the Bible, from the first pages to the last pages. When we are weak, God is strong. Moses has to flee from Egypt because he kills an Egyptian guard. He's like 40 years old. He flees into another country, and he finds a man named Jethro who owns a bunch of cattle and sheep. He marries one of Jethro's daughters, and he thinks, this is the rest of my life. I'm I'm just going to be a, a shepherd working for my father-in-law. That's all I'm going to be doing, working for my father-in-law the rest of my life. So discouraged. He and his wife have a baby, and they name the baby Gershom. Gershom means I'm a foreigner in a foreign land. I got no hope. And then he runs into a burning bush. <laughs> oh. Same thing happened to Hannah. Hannah's super discouraged. She can't have a child. She tries and tries and tries, and she can't have a child. Her husband has two wives. She's one wife. The other wife, she can have all kinds of kids. And that other woman, in a mean way, kind of just lets Hannah know that, yeah, yeah, she's the one who can have children, and Hannah is barren. Hannah prays and prays and prays. No child, no child, no child, no child. And then Samuel is born. Samuel the prophet. God speaks to Samuel when he is older, and he wants Samuel to anoint a new king over Israel. And God says, I want you to go to find this man named Jesse. Go to, go to his sons. And so he gets Jesse, and Jesse gathers his sons, and he says, Lord, is it this one? 
No. Is it this one? No. It's this tall one. No. God said, no, 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 no. And finally he looks at Jesse and he goes, is this all the boys you got? And, and Jesse goes, no, we got one more. He's the runt of the litter. You want him? Yeah, bring him. And this, this, the youngest, David, comes. And God says, anoint this one, David. You guys, when we are weak, God is strong. Daniel escapes as a refugee. He's, he's like got no hope. And he's forced to go through all kinds of schooling. He learns about all kinds of weird practices and weird religions. And they're about ready to kill Daniel. And Daniel looks at the guy about ready to kill him. He says, I can interpret dreams. <laughs> he's in a position of weakness. But when we are weak, when we are weak, God is strong. You guys, this is the truth of of Jonah, of Habakkuk, Haggai, Jesus himself. Jesus creates all things. And then he becomes an embryo and is implanted in the womb of a teenage girl. That's the picture of weakness, you guys. When we are weak, God is strong. This principle is like maybe is summarized best by a conversation that Jesus has with the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul is given a weakness, God gives him a weakness. And then Jesus reassures the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. We read this. It goes like this. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the principle? Here it is. When we are weak, God is strong. So we are going through a year that is just horrible. This is horrible. And, and we feel weak. Things are not going the way we wanted them to go. So what can we do? What can we do as a church to be the kind of church God wants us to be so that God can show off his strength? What can we do? I'm going to give you like four different tips. Here's the first tip. Establish a Sunday rhythm. Yeah, establish. You know, I should be talking to the people who are not watching right now. That's who I should be talking to. Establish a Sunday rhythm. So, you know, at first, uh, you know, we thought, okay, well, we're not going to go gather. So, okay, let's all watch online. So you had a little bit of a rhythm. But then you started to figure out that this thing was going to go on whether you showed up or not. And then uh, our freedom started to kind of form us, and then we lost the rhythm. So I would suggest to you to establish a Sunday uh, rhythm. So maybe it's a special breakfast uh, that you make. Uh, maybe it's a certain time that you watch, but stick with that time. You might want to do something that we're calling a watch party. Have a watch party. So you're not just going to have anybody over to your house. I mean, but you've got a circle of friends who like, you know what? You trust these people. Yeah. And they can come over and everybody wears masks and stuff like that. And he says, hey, let's just watch. Let's just watch a service together. Might want to have your own watch parties. Second tip. Second tip is this. Get in a group. We have been saying forever, you guys, people grow better in circles than they do in rows. Get in a group. We have all kinds of groups at Blackhawk Church. Some of the life groups are uh, meeting outside uh, now. Some of the groups are meeting uh, on Zoom. 
We have men's groups, we have women's groups, we have groups of people who are just uh, kicking the, the tires of Christianity and want to know, they have lots of questions, we have groups for that. We have groups for people who have uh, care needs, we have all kinds of different groups. So just you guys get in a group. Now let me, let me talk for a second to those of you who are, those of you who are leaders. Some of us as leaders are like, you know what? I can't stand Zoom. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of it. Zoom fatigue is a thing, you guys. It's a thing. I've got it. It's, it's a thing. Some of us are going through a period in our life where, you know what? I don't want to lead a group anymore, Pastor Chris. Now, some of us have situations going on with our families, and you know what? Life is seasonal, and we get that. Take a break. Absolutely. But some of us are like, you know what? I don't want to do that Zoom thing. I'm tired of that. Can I just push back a little bit? What you might be tired of might be life for somebody else. I had a leader say to me uh, just this last week that they had a six-week uh, group that met this summer. And they were getting uh, done with it. And they started to talk about how they were going to wrap up the life group. And then a couple of people in the group got, we're, they're like, we're not wrapping this up, right? And two of the people in the group said, hey, this group is my life, it's our lifeline. So the group leader started to rethink, yeah, even though I might be a little tired of it. So there you go. You might not want to lead another group that's a virtual group, but I'm asking you to do something that is a, a little bit of a sacrifice for you. You guys, people uh, give their lives up for the gospel like all the time over the history of the world. We can at least maybe do something like uh, put up with like Zoom fatigue. You can do that. So we always have more people that want to be in groups than we have leaders for groups. More than ever, we need volunteers and we need people to lead groups. So if you want to be in a group or you want to lead a group, text, uh, this, text group to this number that you see right here on the screen. Just text group to that number. We need you right now, you guys. Third tip. Start a Bible reading plan. A Christian demographer named George Barna, he's done research uh, since the pandemic has started, and he's gone to people who are uh, committed evangelical Christians who regularly read the Bible. And what he's telling us is that across the country, Bible reading is down. It's down. Don't be in that statistic. Start a Bible reading plan. You guys, there's like a million Bible reading plans. There's all kinds of Bible reading plans. You can go uh, to our website, our uh, Next Steps blog page, and uh, our adult ministries team has put together some recommendations on different kinds of Bible reading apps. You should do that. Some of our staff are reading through the Gospels uh, once a month, they read through the Gospels. That Bible reading plan is on there. Uh, I and my wife do Eat This Book. We, uh, we've been doing Eat This Book for years. Every, every year we try to read through the entire Bible. That's on there also. So that's just a tip, you guys, uh, that can help us be strong when we feel 
like we're weak. How are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? And then uh, the fourth tip is this. Use a telephone. Remember these things? This is like old-fashioned technology right here. So call people. Call people that you know who are hurting. Call your friends. Have a conversation. Don't do it Zoom. Just give them a phone call. Somebody came to me recently and said, Pastor Chris, uh, what is the church uh, doing for people who can't get out? And all of a sudden I felt like my, my, my chest started to tighten a little bit. I felt like I started to become defensive. And I was thinking, yeah, what is the program? And then I caught myself. I think, what? what? What's happening here? <laughs> and then I realized some of us have come from church traditions and backgrounds where the job as a member is to come up with an idea and then put that on the pastor's desk and say, now you do something about that. At Blackhawk, we turn that around. The question is not what is the church doing to reach out to people who are hurting. The question is, what are you doing? Because at Blackhawk, we believe the church isn't a building. It's like people. What are you doing? Actually, our job as pastors is to equip you to do the ministry. Paul writes to the people in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up. Our job as a pastoral staff is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So who are you calling? Who are you calling? Imagine, you guys, imagine what would happen if the purpose behind this horrible virus, what God is trying to do to his church is to help his church see that the church is not a building. The church is people. And every member is a minister. Man, if I could right now, I'd like run down off this platform, like lay my hands on that lens right there and like ordain every one of you. You're in the ministry. You're in the ministry. Call someone. Make a phone call. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? Imagine, imagine what would happen if, if like all 7,000 people who say Blackhawk is their church home in Madison, imagine if we actually started to do that. The ripple effect that that could have, you guys, is unbelievable. When we're weak, God is strong. And God can show up in amazing ways if we do something like that. And you guys... The power that is in, this, the, in the internet, in online things, you guys, what's happening on the other side of the lens? Our ministry right now, you guys, involves that lens right there. And the life transformation that can take place on the other side of that lens is just like, what? You've got to be kidding me. And it can happen. Hey, listen. I've got to come down. My, my grandson, is, his name's Silas. He's three and a half years old. Three and a half. And uh, he can be a little rambunctious. I mean, he's got a lot of energy. And not too long ago, he was with a family friend, and she was taking care of him, kind of watching him for a day. 
And she, you know, he was like, whoa, he's like running all over the place. And so our family friend looks at Silas and says, Silas, I think today we need to work on patience. Do you know what patience is? Silas looked at her and says, patience is a fruit of the spirit. (laughs) Like, bam, yes. Did you know that patience is a fruit of the spirit? Can you recite Galatians 5, 22 and 23? My three and a half year old grandson can. This is the sign for patience right here. Point to your watch. Patience. Patience is a fruit of the spirit. He learns that because he watches Black Hawk kids online all the time. You guys, what can happen on the other side of that lens? The life transformation that can take place is like unbelievable. The power that is in the internet. I mean, it can be all kinds of things for bad. But what God can do with people coming to faith in Jesus Christ, people growing in Jesus Christ, all kinds of things can take place on the other side of that lens. And that's not going to go away after COVID goes away. And you guys, as you can see, I am so excited about what God can do this year. What God can do in 2020 at Blackhawk Church, you guys, is like unbelievable. It's mind-blowing. God can do strong things, especially when his people feel like they're weak. Never limit the potential of Yahweh. What Yahweh can do when things are bad, Yahweh can shine like we cannot even believe. Some of you are looking at me and going, You're out of your mind. (laughs) That's a possibility, absolutely. It's a possibility. My wife thinks that all the time. But you know what? I've been reading the Bible. Here's what the Bible says. When we are weak, God is strong. Let's pray. Father, would you help us to keep our minds and our focus on you? Would you help us to, to like set time aside to be in your word? Will you help us, Father, to like set time aside to call someone? Soon as I said call someone, Many of us were thinking of some, someone. We thought of that person right away. We pray, Father, you would help us to follow through on that thought. We pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would be a part of that phone call. Help us to comfort people who are going through a difficult time. Help us to pray with other people on the phone. We, we pray, Father, that you, would, that you would motivate people who are, where some of us are just so filled with Zoom fatigue. We are so tired. Father, would you, would you help us to step up, to sacrifice uh, something that, you know, is, is a preference on our part, just to sacrifice that for the sake of other people. That smells like Jesus. We pray, Father, you would help us to be that kind of place. Every member a minister. We pray, Father, that you would help these things take place as we keep our mind on Christ as we focus on Jesus, that he, that he would be 
our vision. We pray this in Christ's name for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said.